today uh, we're gonna our scripture uh, for today is gonna be in second Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and actually what we're gonna do is finish reading the rest of uh, chapter 9 that uh, we read earlier um, so uh, the text for today is that whole chapter. However, our key uh, verse that we're using for today's sermon is going to be 15. But we're going to read verses 11 through 15, and we want to focus in on uh, verse 15. And uh, our, our uh, theme for this scripture is, do people say you got an attitude? Do people say you got an attitude? So, uh, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, and for this verse, uh, these verses, I want to read it out of the uh, NLT today, New Living Translation. My mom got me to, this is, I'm just talking a little bit while people, uh, you know, find their, their, their uh, scripture, their way. Uh, my mom got me this Bible and I really love this Bible. It's a pretty cool Bible. It's an NLT Bible. And um, the only problem with this is she thought I was still young. And so it's very small type in here. So I like to use my magnifying glass so I can see. Even with my glasses, <laughs> I need my magnifying glass so I can see the type in here because it's, it's kind of tiny. But uh, all right, if you, you have your uh, place now, we're going to uh, read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. Uh, beginning at verse 11, it says, Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. They will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Verse 15. This is our, uh, our key verse for today. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Amen. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of His holy word. If you'll just uh, pray with me for one second. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, just come to you once again, giving you all grace and, I mean, uh, praise and glory and just thanking you for your grace and mercy, Father God. Lord, I just pray that right now you would remove Michael, Father God, Lord, and that you would use me, oh Lord, to uh, speak, Lord, to your people the words that you would have them to hear, Lord. Father God, I ask that you would... Um, just have your way today, Father God, and uh, that the message uh, today may uh, challenge some person to change to be more like Christ today, Lord. 
that it would challenge some person to change, to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, uh, I love you. I thank you. I give you all praise, glory, and honor. And Father God, I ask these things and pray this prayer in the name of your only begotten Son, my Lord, my Savior, my dear friend, Jesus the Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, uh, again, our theme for today is, do people say you got an attitude? Do people say you got an attitude? So, when we look at all of the writings of the Apostle Paul, you guys forgive me today uh, for kind of sitting on the job, so to speak, <laughs> because, uh, again, I'm, I'm having some back pains and this is a little bit more, uh, you know, accommodating for the old man. Anyway, when we look at all of the writings for the Apostle Paul, we can definitely identify his attitude. And uh, most would say that he had an attitude of gratitude. Paul was very grateful more than what human words could lend themselves to express. And Paul showed the extent of God's mercy and grace that he has not only for Paul, but for anyone, for all of us. Uh, we can look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 through 17 for a second, if we would. I want, to, I want us to look at that. And just as an example uh, of the grace and mercy that, that God uh, pours out on us. Uh, you know, we're going to go to 1 Timothy. So it's in the past uh, where we at now. And... Um, chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses uh, 12, uh, chapter 1, verses 12 uh, through 17. Okay. And this is Paul's expression of gratitude uh, as, as God has put him into the ministry. But um, his and even as a, a title in your Bible, it'll probably say something like Paul's gratitude for God's mercy. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me. I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous the, uh, how, oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too, that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. So when we look at those verses there in 1 Timothy, we see Paul uh 
you know, speaking of just how gracious and how generous and how loving and how kind God is, even to the worst of sinners, he says. And he says, I'm chief. I, I'm, I'm the worst of all sinners in, in some translations. And so the point here is that um, one of the points that I want to make by, by sharing that particular scripture is that uh, no matter what it is you think you have done, uh, there is forgiveness uh, for for you. And God loves us so much, no matter you know who we are, what we've done, anything else, you know, we can be saved. Um, you know, and, and, you know, a very uh, popular example would be uh, John Gacy. You know, he, he when he was in prison, he, he gave his life over to Christ, you know, and um, I believe there's salvation even for him, you know, uh, despite the horrible, horrible things he did, you know. And um, so there's there's grace and mercy for all of us. The Bible says God's grace and mercy is new every day, new every day. So. Moving on. After uh, uh, Paul's um, conversion on the road to Damascus, Paul lived uh, and labored during his life in a way that expresses a heart of gratitude. And when Paul um, attempted to express his gratitude uh, in words, he found his vocabulary was inadequate and uh, therefore, we have the words of our text today where he says, thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. If we remember um, the, the, the whole chapter that we read, you know, Paul was speaking to these Corinthians about coming to get a gift of a financial, um, uh, a financial gift for those who are in need in Jerusalem. But we see that Paul, throughout the, this uh, chapter, he continued to thank God for that gift. He continued to thank God for even for them giving, you know, and he, he looked at that gift as something that God, you know, uh, gave. And ultimately, that is because God one, you know, well, I ain't going to get off into that too far yet. Because that'll get into my message, but he continued to thank the uh, thank God for what the Corinthians were doing and giving. You know, like Paul, we uh, also ought to recognize the greatness of God's generosity towards us and through Christ Jesus, and it should stimulate within us a attitude that soars our hearts. You know, I believe that gratitude is the Christian's strongest motive for service to the master. You know, our gratitude, that is what should motivate us into service for the master, not um, obligation or, you know, a sense of duty or anything else. You know, uh, it, it should be a motive that goes beyond you know, our gratitude should motivate us uh, beyond a, a sense of a call of duty or or obligation, you know, and, and we must learn to recognize and appreciate God's generosity towards us. You know, um, when we, when, at least for me, when I pray, one of the first things, you know, I tend to do is just thank God for the day, you know, for waking me up and giving me breath and life because, you know, some people didn't wake up today, you know, unfortunately, you know, some some people didn't make it to see the day. And that's why I say tomorrow's never guaranteed. 
You know, so that's that's like your first blessing, you know, for the day is the fact that you opened your eyes up, you know, and then uh, you, you can start. I mean, the blessings just keep coming and coming and coming. You open your eyes up and then you're able to sit up. Because, you know, not everybody wakes up and, and, and have mobility. Some people get into an accident and, you know, when they wake up, their whole body is you just numb and they can't move, you know. So we wake up and we're able to move our bodies. We're able to dress ourselves. We're able to think, you know, and speak still. And, you know, we should use those thoughts and those words, the first thing, to give God, you know, glory and praise and honor and thanks for the blessings that he didn't already gave us. You know, he knew in his mind, God knew way, way back when that today, September the 3rd, he was going to wake us up. And so let's give him praise and thanks for that. And so um, that's why I say I believe that gratitude is should be, in, at least in my, my, uh, in my mind, Gratitude is my strongest motivation for serving my master just out of a, you know, just like, man, thank you. Like, you know, how do you repay that? You can't, you know, how do you repay a, a life? Like you've given me a whole day, you know, well, and I think I, I pray that I make it through the day. But look, you've given me time in this day uh, that you didn't promise to me. You know, he, he, he don't owe it to me. You know, so you just like, yeah, let me be thankful about that. And so uh, moving on, I think I feel like, you know, we have to learn to recognize and appreciate God's generosity towards us uh, so much so that we would begin to encourage ourselves and grow our faith more and more and more. You know, and, and you know, when we learn to recognize what God is doing for us, we're able you know, and should be able to, you know, um, that should increase our faith, like, because he's doing things, you know, in our lives. And when we really examine and look at our lives, we can see God's hand at work in them. And that should, you know, push our faith. You know, it should grow and stretch out our faith more and more and more each and every day. Like, you should have more and more and more faith because God is continually and continually and continually, you know, at work in our lives. And all we got to do is just really sit back and take a hard look and, you know, at our lives and examine our lives and we'll see God at work in them. You know, and it's a beautiful thing. And so, um, yeah, that, that should really encourage uh, us to grow in our faith. You know, the unspeakable gifts that God freely and consistently pours out on us saves us from one, an unspeakable fate, you know, uh, eternal damnation, you know, and, and that's why we do what we do every week. We, we, we you know, we, we preach the word and, you know, we pray that God would give us opportunities throughout the, the week to, you know, pour into someone's life uh, a warning uh, that, you know, they're headed for eternal damnation, but there's salvation available to save them from that eternal damnation, you know, and, and so we warn people from hell and, um, you know, so it saves us from that. It saves us for a high, holy and noble purpose that 
he desires for us, you know, not not what we desire, like, oh, I'm so high and mighty, like, no, it's what he desires for us. And what he really and truly desires for us is for us to be in service to his will and his purpose. And we kind of spoke about that a little bit uh, last week in, you know, that sacrifice in our message about sacrificing, you know, uh, his will and his purpose for our lives. Excuse me, you guys I'm trying to get situated on this uh, stool here. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, his unspeakable kind and, and wondrous gift saves us into a glorious destiny for eternity with him. And so let's look at and, and take a, a better uh, look at um, a few points I want to make out about uh, God's gift, you know, the um, the way that he pours out a gift on us. And so first, uh, I got three points I'm going to make on this and we're going to be out of here. Last week we had six. And so this this week we only got three. So it should be a lot quicker. huh? All right. Uh, so first, let's look at the nature of God's unspeakable gift. Right. And so the nature of his gift and we can take these points down. One, it's an unspeakable unspeakable in its greatness. It's unspeakable in its greatness, just how great this gift is. You know, the fact that, you know, he's saving us and paying, you know, off the debt for things that we've done, stuff that, that you know, we've done like deliberately or maybe accidentally, you know, or unknowingly, you know, whatever it is, it's, you know, he's, he's, like he's taking care of that. So this is a very great gift, you know, and, and it's like, how do you compare to what he gives us? You know, kind of like what I was saying with that first blessing of just waking us up, you know, and giving us a day, you know, our, our you know, we celebrate our birthdays, our, our, our physical birthdays, like once a year, you know, but our mother, you know, only gives us life once God gives us life every day, you know, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's awesome, <laughs> you know? So, and, and it's unspeakable. It's unspeakable in its freeness and the fact that it don't cost nothing. This great and awesome gift don't cost nothing. You know, go try and buy, buy the Modalina, right? You know what I'm saying? Or, or some Picasso or whatever. They put like a 50 million Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, yeah, <laughs> you know, they'll put like a $50 million price tag on it, like, yeah, you know, like that costs a lot, but this here, you know, it's free, you know, it's very precious, but it's free, you know, so he's not charging us a lot uh, for this, um, or not charging us at all for it, <laughs> you know, it's unspeakable in our need for it, and the fact that we just need this, like I said, you know, before each and every one of us, before we accepted Christ, we're all on our way to hell. You know, we was all on the road, you know, to damnation, you know, and so everybody needs it. And that's why God says in his word that he doesn't desire to see anyone perish, but all to come to, you know, a, a, a saving. Uh, I'm misquoting it, but God wants us all to be saved and, you know, uh come to heaven and be with him and, you know, all that he wants to save us, you know, and so we all need this because we're all sinners, you know, no, none of us are, are free from sin, none of us are perfect, only human being that ever walked this earth that was perfect is Jesus Christ, that's the only one, even the very first man and woman that God created, they sinned, 
They messed up. The very first ones, right out the bat. Boom. We mess up. Boom. And it's been happening ever since. Like, eh. You know? And so we all are in need of uh, God's, you know, unspeakable, free, and great gift. <clears throat> you know, it's unspeakable and indescribable uh, God's gift and its availability to all. Once we recognize our need for forgiveness of sin and the gift of a new life that it gives us, you know, it's like that's unspeakable, you know, that it's available to everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you live. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what language you speak. God desires for you to have salvation. He wants us all to, you know, have this salvation and be free from sin, be free, you know, uh, from all of the, the, the heavy burdens of, of, and stuff that, that lay on our uh, shoulders at times, you know, it's available for all of us, you know, and he loves everyone just that much that is available to all of us, you know, and it's unspeakable and, and indescribable uh, in its effects on the lives of those who respond to it. You know, when we respond to God's free gift, I mean, just imagine, th you know, those of us who are saved, you know, look over your life, you know, from who you used to be to who you are now. You know, it's amazing the change, you know, and I speak often about, you know, myself and how, you know, before I came to know Christ, the things that I wanted to change about myself, I desired to change about myself, I tried to change about myself, but I was unable to. You know, all the times I attempted, I failed. You know, even when I would have a momentary bit of success, it would I would relapse and, you know, fall back into it. But it's only because of the power of God, he changed me to give me the power to, you know, lay lay aside all of that wicked stuff. And that's not to say that I'm perfect or any of us are perfect. But like I say, when I when we look back at who we used to be to who we are now, it's incredible. It is just like, wow. And the fact to know that every day he's growing us more and more and more to be more and more like his son and every day we're, we're, you know, laying aside a little bit more and a little bit more. And sometimes it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, watching grass grow, you know, like if you just sit there and stare at it, you really don't see it moving. But it is, you know, and you come back and you look a week later and it's like, ah, oh, OK, it's time to cut it down. You know, it didn't grow, you know. And so it's like watching grass grow, you know. You don't, if you stare at it, you ain't going to see it, but it's happening. It's happening more and more. And when we look back, we'll see a, a you know, big growth in it. All right. So um, the second point, it's a gift that requires a response. All right. So I wasn't able to print out all of this. I'm going to read the rest of it uh, from off of my phone because uh, I ran out of ink. But anyway, it's a gift that requires response, right? And so uh, some, some, sometimes, you know, uh, some ignore God's unspeakable gift in Christ, right? 
you know, and like you, you go and you offer them Christ and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't want nothing to do with that. And, you know, they just kind of blow it off or whatever, you know, and it's possible for a person to treat, you know, God's gift as if it had never even been offered to them, you know, and they, they, they just kind of, you know, like I say, just ignore it and, and blow it off. You know, but the thing is to do so is I believe it's an insult to God. You know, the fact that he sacrificed his only begotten son so that, you know, you might have you might have salvation and freedom in life, you know, have this liberty in Christ, you know, and then you just kind of like dismiss it like as if it was nothing. I believe that's kind of, you know, an insult personally to God. You know, um, and so, you know, I don't know. I, 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 you know, to each day on, I just think that it's an insult, you know. Um, some may deliberately decline God's unspeakable gift, you know, and, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, you're doing it, you know, you know, and I, I think this is more to, the believers that walk away from the faith, you know, and Paul speaks about the apostate, those who will fall away from the faith. And I, I you know, so I don't think you just like kind of, ah, you know, fall away in, in that sense. It's a choice you make. You're deliberately walking away from what God has offered you. You know, it's, it's not like some accidental thing where, you know, you walking on the edge and you fall away and you didn't fall off. No, you're deliberately choosing to turn away from the free gift that God has offered you. You know, that's, you know, again, I think it's, it's, it's an insult, you know, to, to God, you know, so we should, you know, we should not respond that way. You know, we ought to have, that's what I say, our attitude got to line up right. It got to line up with, you know, saying what we say and what we believe, you know, we what we say we believe, you know, if you really believe it, your attitude should line up with it. And, you know, you're not going to ignore it or deliberately choose to walk away from it, you know, um, Sometimes people, you know, will accept the gift and don't really have any, you know, uh, plans on really, you know, applying it to their lives. You know, so you have those people that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I want salvation. And they're really doing it to kind of hedge their bet, you know, so to speak. It's like, oh, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go and get baptized and I'm going to say I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. But then they never do anything with it. They never do anything about it. You know, you don't see them at church no more. They ain't coming to Bible study or, you know, morning Bible school. You know, they just like, yeah, you know, yeah, I get Jesus. You know, and you see them in the street and they like, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you know, but there's no application of their salvation. There's no application of that gift. And so if you're not using it, as they say, you know, use it or lose it, I believe, you know, it's like you can't fool God and, you know, give him lip service. You know, Bible talks about that. You know, God, God knew this way back when looking, read the book of Isaiah. You'll see that God, God, like, yeah, you know, he know those who gives him lip service. 
Isn't, isn't that crazy? Look at the book of Revelations. You say, I wish you were hot or cold, but because you lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. You know, we can't give God lip service. That can't be our attitude to just, you know, in name only. I'm a professing Christian. You know, I profess and, and say that I'm a Christian, but my life don't line up with Christianity. You know, when you see me throughout the week, do I, is, is, is that my attitude? Is that how I live? I walk, I talk, you know, because being a Christian isn't a once a week thing. It isn't a one day thing. It isn't, you know, something that like, oh, okay, it's, it's church day. Let me get up and put on my church, you know, spirit. Like, no, you know, once you're clothed in this, this new body, this new form, you know, this is an everyday, all day thing, you know. And so we got to wholeheartedly, you know, go after and accept, um, you know, the gift truly, you know, and not just, you know, because I'm going I'm to I'm I'm let this point go. You know, the thing is, you know, when you walk around. And, you know, you're telling people like, yeah, I already accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe, you know, and your life ain't lining up with it. You know, you're not lying to that person, you know, that's trying to, you know, win you over for Christ. You lying one to yourself and you lying to God, you know, just like uh, in the book of Acts, uh, when the husband and wife, uh, Ananias, they came and they lied to uh, the apostle Peter and said, oh, yeah, you know, we sold our house for such and such, you know, and this is how much we got. And Peter, what was Peter responding? He said, look, you ain't lying to me. You lied to the Holy Spirit. And because of that, your life's required of you right now, right now. You ain't even going to walk away from me. You finna drop dead right now. Boom. You know. And like I say, God gives us, he's given us such a wonderful and free gift. You know, we ought not to, you know, play games with it because this is a serious thing. And so if you're not, um, you know, really and truly ready to give your life over to Christ, don't go around saying like, yeah, I'm a Christian and, you know, um, or saying that you've accepted Christ and, and you really haven't. Um, the third thing, and this is the last one. Uh, what is your response to God's gift? You know, our attitude, you know, what's your attitude? What is, what is, what do people say? Do they say you got an attitude of gratitude? Do people say you got an attitude of gratitude for the gift? This unspeakable, indescribable, wondrous, just magnificent gift. Like, what is that? like for you you know what is your response to it so have you ignored the gift of christ and i pray not i pray that everybody you know here and watching online has truly accepted that gift in their heart and they're living their life in such a way that not man would say yeah you you're you know they're pleased with how you live in but god would be pleased with how you're living. And that's our standard. That's, you know, how we should go through our day, you know, with every, you know, choice left or right that we got to make. We should be like, okay, what would God have me to do? 
Would he be pleased if I went left or if I went right? Which way would please my Lord and Savior? And that's how, you know, we should walk through our days. Which way would please him? Because it's about his will and his desire for our lives. Not like, oh, if I go this way, I'll have fun, you know, sinning and, you know, doing all kinds of unspeakable things. Because if you set your heart on God, you can go the other way and have even more fun and have joy. You know, and joy don't fade away after a few hours. Um, have we neglected Christ? You know, are you neglecting, you know, uh, your call to be more like Christ? That challenge in your life to do the things that you know you need to do. Are you neglecting those things? Like, yeah, I've accepted Christ, but then I'm neglecting, you know, my reading, my praying, my studying, you know, my time that I need to give to know him better. Am I neglecting in my giving, you know? And then have you rejected the Christ, you know? Have you rejected you know, the things that he offered. He says, when I leave, my father's going to send the Holy Spirit to be a comforter and bring into your remembrance all the things that I've said, all the scriptures, all the words, you know. And if we reject that, you know, we don't, you know, we're pretty much like kind of throwing away our shield, our armor, you know, because when we feel with the Holy Spirit, you know, one, he'll he'll lead and guide us, but he'll protect us also. He'll comfort us. Like I say, my, my body's kind of hurting, but man, I'm happy. I'm in good spirits. I'm here. I'm excited to be here. I want to be here. You know, I'm thankful for being here. So, you know, we, we need the Holy Spirit. Have you made, truly made, Jesus Christ, Lord of your life? So that he can be your redeemer, your savior, your friend. That's the big question of life. You know, if you haven't made Jesus Christ your Lord, your master, your boss, if you if that, you know, if that helps you understand it a little bit better, you know, if you haven't made him the person that you answer to, that you're accountable to. And then also make him your 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 uh your savior, the person that's gonna save you from all the stuff that you've done, all the stuff that you know, the nasty thinking and the nasty speaking and the nasty doing, all of that 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 bad stuff that you know kind of eats at you, and you like just wait to ignore it and then like you move on later on and it ain't bothering you so much, you know, like all that stuff. You know it's wrong, but you still do it. He can save you from that if you allow him to. And then he wants to be your friend. It's not no, no fake friend. It's not no friend of me. He's a true friend. And in, in the uh, he's the definition of a friend. You know, Bible says a uh, friend is closer than a brother. Like he'll be there Always, no matter what, you can call on him and he's coming. He ain't never too busy, ain't never too tired. 
He always have time for you if you allow him to. You know, this is what it is. This is what it means to really kind of accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, is to get into a, a, a solid relationship with him. And in doing all of these things, it's going to bring and it will give you a sense of gratitude about your life. The wisest response that a person could possibly make is or would be that of a wholehearted acceptance and full committal of your life to Jesus Christ, to God. The one who gave his life for you. He's like, I'm willing to lay down my life so that you may have life that you might live. And I mean, and think of it in modern terms. OK, he's like, I'm going to step in front of this bullet so you don't get shot. You don't get hurt, you know. And and there's a lot of us, you know, out there and we'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll take a bullet for you. You know, my kid's life in danger. I'll take a bullet for you. Well, he actually did it. He actually did it for you. He actually did it for you. He stepped in in place of your death, your certain death for you so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You might be full of life and joy and peace. Like that's just the beginning of all of the great stuff. I mean, the Bible is so full of promises. It, it, it would, man, we ain't got enough time for it, all, for me to sit here and tell it to y'all, <laughs> you know, but it's so many promises. And God is faithful to his promises. And he started off like, I'm going to give you a promise that you ain't even asking for, which is to save your life. I'm going to step in front of this bullet for you and give you life. Life more abundantly. God's unspeakable gift produced in Paul an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude. He responded with reverent humility and with genuine love and obedience to the goodness of God. He found the love of God to be so great and so good that words were not adequate to express the deepest sentiments of his soul. And the thing is, that's what today's message.